0: So can you share with us to get us started all, I should say, all the things you're doing now, but the things you're doing now, Ritnika?
1: Well, currently I am the Managing Director of Downtown India. Uh, That's one of my main jobs. Uh, Downtown India is basically Downtown Music, which has CD Baby, Fuga, Downtown Music Services, Song Trust, Found, uh, Neighboring Rights, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, And besides that, I have my own company called Music Gets Me High. And under my own company, I teach music business along with the university. I have a rehearsal studio. I do large scale music festivals, which are hopefully coming back. Uh, So and I besides that, yeah, I just teach. (laughs) I do a lot of workshops and I've written a book and all that fun stuff. Now, are you a musician yourself? I used to be. (laughs) I mean, I used to play the drums in a band. And I used to sing. And now I just play the ukulele at home for my dog. (laughs) What ukulele? uh, (laughs) Soprano uke or? Uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm I'm using, um, I switch. I actually have all three. And I kind of go between the soprano as well as the tenor. So it just depends on what I'm in the mood for.
0: (laughs) There's baritone ukes. Yeah. Yeah, I have a baritone. I have a, I have a concert. I have a, see that's like become my instrument of choice.
1: Yeah. I like the concert one. Normally is what I use, you use uh, mostly, but then, you know, it depends on sometimes on the beach, you know, take the soprano. <laughs> so, and you also have wellness work you do. Yes, I went through some personal things and in order to help myself, I started getting into like wellness and healing and energy work and I started like learning. So I have two sides of it. I learned how to do, I'm a Reiki master. I learned Native, Native American shamanic healing. And then I also am a certified life coach and neuro-linguistic programmer and EFT. And I just started doing all of that. You filled for myself. the well. <laughs> yeah. You filled the with it, all these great- things yeah and then I started helping you know before I started downtown I was just doing that and my other music work and then I started teaching and I stopped doing the therapy work but I feel like I combined the teaching with the therapy because like all my students are like doing like one-on-one counseling about life with me and I'm like sure it works (laughs) bring it on have it all come into the phone and where in India are you so i'm actually from new delhi but for the past few years i've been living in goa because everything is online so i'm living by the beach with my dog (laughs) and you though for downtown music cover
0: all of india
1: yes and all their companies (laughs) and all the companies
0: so what does that then mean are you then a businesswoman connecting things
1: together and making systems work are you artist relations? Because you've done a lot of artist relations. I I basically at the moment do anything and everything needed. So whether it is business strategy, whether it's development, whether it's working out, you know, getting new DSP deals, whether it's client servicing, whether it's promotion of our brands and marketing, whether it's doing all the educational workshops. Right now I'm doing everything and anything that is needed. So let me back you up then. So I know
0: that college, I should say that undergrad for you was Hofstra yes what was the what was the young you like were you in a band then were you so
1: so it's really how funny creative I, were you I uh so I was all like I was a horrible student growing up like in high school <laughs> I don't even know I got how I got into college because I was uh I was into theater so I used to do musical theaters in India and I used to play in a band so I was you know one of those kids that were like always like out for like Play practice or in a band, or you know, like it was what I had to sing in. I was in a Catholic school uh, and I had to sing in the choir because that was the only way we would be allowed to have a school band and play rock and roll. So, so I used to do all of that. And because I love musicals so much, I wanted to be on Broadway. That's the reason I applied in New York. And because of my ah. grade, I could only get into Hofstra. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll go there for a year and then I'll switch to NYU. You know, these were the plans. and. Um, but 9-11 happened my first week of college. <laughs> wow. So it was safer to stay in Long Island, at least in my head. And I started loving the college and I had really good friends. And I, um, uh, while I was in college, I studied film and audio production. So because thinking film had more money than theater, you know the Indian mentality, not that it's true. I'm a film school grad myself, and my parents somehow thought, ah,
0: she got into film
1: school, that everything will happen. It's like, (laughs) well, no, that is not how this dance goes. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, while I was at Hofstra, I got to join the, uh, the concert organizing committee, and that's actually how I got into the business side of things. So, so how someone, did you get to join the... It, so it was a club. It was a club on, on campus. and So someone first, tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, we're hanging out together, putting on concerts. Would you like to come play? Well, I mean, because I was an international student, one of the first things I did was to check out all the clubs on campus where I could meet people, right? Because you're alone in a different country. And then I saw this thing called Hofstra Concerts. So they had that open meeting and the first some first year i was just part of the general crew and the first concert i got to organize was counting crows and i'm like oh my god what is happening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this the so, world So what, was the, <laughs> what
0: this was in what year was this in 2001. so what was what was this like then for a young international student
1: to say here you're going to work on the counting crows concert what was it the was, It was ridiculous. I had no idea that that something like that even existed. I mean, you know, I used to play in a band and all, but it was very small. And at that time, before I left, India had no music festivals, you know, they had like small, small smallish shows and stuff, but they didn't have large scale multi-stage festivals. And after that, after the first year, they had an editorial board of the, you know, where you get nominated. So for the next three years, I was the ticketing chair for the things. I was very much involved with the executive board and very hands on. And after that, we got to organize like Nickelback and Maroon 5. And it was just like, even though I was studying film, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of what I want to do for the rest of my life. So it all started there, to be fair.
0: (laughs) So you graduated at Hofstra. And then how did you say, Okay, I'm inspired. I have this film degree. I'm from (laughs) India. (laughs) Were you then thinking I'm now going to do magic with film festivals? What was your lens at the time?
1: So every summer when I came back to India, I worked in television or film. Like I worked, you know, as on a TV show for the summer, and so I was always working. Even when I was in college, I interned at MTV in New York. So I was very film, film, you know, TV, whatever. But when I came, I didn't want to stay. I could stay in the US for a year, but I wanted to come back and do my own thing. So I came back to India, and then I realized. I'm not a big fan of Bollywood in general. <laughs> I don't really watch Bollywood films and my Hindi is not exactly very good. So I'm like, okay, that was a very stupid move because you're back in India and you have to work in Bollywood. So I worked on a couple of international films that were being shot in India. It was fine, but I worked on one Bollywood film. It's just, I miss music too much. So I got to work on a concert through a friend while while I was here. And I really, really missed it. So somehow I found myself a master's course in London for music business. Somehow I managed to convince my parents to send me to do that. Well, what did your parents think of all this? So here we have a, a
0: daughter who's I'm gonna do film school and then she goes outside of India to go to film school and comes back and go, No, nah, that wasn't it. Let me now go <laughs>
1: to get another university outside of India to go pursue music business well i mean to be fair none of these courses are taught in india in fact music business my course which is which i currently run is the only standalone music business course in the country and it's been for 14 15 years since i graduated so it's you know we, there was no other option of doing something like that i'm very grateful that my parents are very supportive like um, they had they were fashion they were in the fashion industry so they were already in an artistic field and my brother and i both did not take over the family business because we wanted to do our own thing so Mm -hmm. you know my parents knew we were the kind who would and I mean they saw I was like always into music they they would be very surprised if I became like a doctor or something at the end (laughs) but yeah they were very very uh, they were very uh, I'm very lucky to have that kind of support to be able to pay for all of that and you know not worry about loans and things like that so yeah so I went to London and I worked there as a promoter while I was doing my master's and you know, stuff like that. It was good fun.
0: (laughs) So you've had the opportunity to kind of spread your wings with family support, but also to change direction as a new beacon came in. So um, what did music, I tend to, despite teaching music business for 12 years myself at UCLA, I tend to be a little bit of a grad school in music business. (laughs) <laughs> what what was that in terms of giving you a great foundation and what were your ahas from doing yeah. that?
1: I mean, what I liked, so I went to Westminster and London and what I liked about it was, and I kind of based my current course a lot on that is that it was very uh, real world. Like the assignments are very real world. We had loads of guest lectures. We had people coming and talking from various parts of the industry. And back then, it wasn't, there weren't that many students in the course. Like I know now people who are graduated with loads of students. Back then it was like 15, 20 students. So Mm. it was a very tight, you know, tight-knit group. And all our professors worked full-time in the industry. So it wasn't just like, oh, book knowledge, you know. And of course, being in a city like London, I was working at the promoter and I was doing shows at the Troubadour 100 Club. And then through the school, I got an internship with Peter Jenner, who, you know, as you guys know, was Pink Floyd's original manager. So I was just like, oh, my God. Well, not <laughs> like, everybody who listens to this is a music person. Can you tell, yeah. th- spend a second about what a promoter does? So, a promo- so basically, I work with a company that used to organize shows at venues. So in the evenings, uh, I would go and book, the, you know, book the bands and run the show. Basically, I mean, you used to have four bands playing per night and then, you know, make sure everything's running smoothly. The sound, the light, the tech, taking, you know, making sure the artist gets paid, making sure the company gets paid, or making sure I get paid, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> and then when I interned with Peter Jenner, he was in management at that time. So it was just basically, you know, just working at his office and learning what he was doing and, you know, chatting with him basically more than anything. So at graduation, what was your adventure? Uh, well, once I graduated, I again wanted to come back to India. I don't know why I don't decide to live outside. It's always like I want to, I think it's also because I knew India wasn't developed. And I, I feel like with the knowledge and the experience I had already gained, even with Hofstra and things like that, I could do a lot more in my, in my own country than anywhere else. So that was the whole point. And I came back to India, I started looking for jobs and nobody would hire me. Because a there was only labels, there were hardly any management companies, and uh, I was overqualified. Like the like the owners were like, "You're more qualified than us. We can't hire you." So I had no choice, and I started my own company.
0: One thing that's come out of, especially the work in Amplify Music, which you guys have you've been part of, which has been really great over the past couple of years, is really understanding yeah. how different different music and media areas are in different countries and sometimes ferreting out the why of it. And mm-hmm. for India, Bollywood is so extensive. The fact that the music industry is not as uh, granularly developed, supported, mm-hmm. um, policy supported, etc., always seems a bit yeah. different to me. And I, without throwing anybody under the bus, um, why is the music business the way it is in India? Why is it much less well, formalized?
1: Well, honestly, for, since I started like 15 years ago, like in India, there has been a huge difference. There's been a huge jump. You know, you know, we have, you know, all international companies are here. Uh, pe- you know, there are loads of management company, loads of labels, loads of um, you know, multi-level, multi-stage festivals. So things have changed and grown a lot. Like, you know, when I started, there was nobody. But uh, the main reason is uh, you have to understand India's music industry is what, 95 or 90% film music, whether it's Bollywood, whether it's regional, whether it's, you know, all the dialects. Every state has their own language. Every language has their own films. And every movie is a musical. So our music industry is actually our film industry. And what, how it works is the film industry has unfortunately been developed in such a way that artists work for hire. And the music that they make for the films, they get a flat fee, even though a lot of laws have been changed. It doesn't always work the way it's supposed to. Um, what ends up happening is the film producer owns the rights to the music and he makes a deal with the label and either, you know, shares it or whatever it is. So when you say Bollywood's so developed, you're absolutely right. And so is the Bollywood music industry because it's just the music comes, it goes to a label, the label has full control, everything is done. The problem arises for the independent in India. Anybody who's not filmed is considered independent. So that's where the problem arises and that's what's been changing slowly and steadily. But, you know, it's only... Five to seven percent of the industry, so it's hard to kind of you know so push the role for drastic of, change of Live music then because I would assume that for film music it's recorded music. So well the, so the thing is live music in general is a big way for artists in India to make money because you know streaming and stuff doesn't pay much and you know, radio, you know, radio incomes and stuff don't come. The Bollywood guys, even though they remain our own copyright, they do have the right to perform their own music. So they actually charge loads of money just to perform the songs that they have sung in the film. And that's where they make a lot of their money. Ah, so then, so live is actually very important. So if you want to gauge how big an artist is in India, just looking at streaming numbers is not going to give you an indication. If you look at how many live shows and how much they charge per show, depending if it's a college or live, a, a public or a private show, You know, some artists, it's $50,000, $60,000 just for a show. And, you know, just to sing the film songs that they don't have the copyright to, technically.
0: (laughs) And then the, I'm assuming then the, the film owner
1: can get the performance royalties for the song. If he wants to. Yeah, I don't. That's a whole different business that doesn't really work as smoothly. Nobody collects set lists in India at the moment. I'm hoping and praying that will change. Uh, Very rarely do they ask like one, a couple of bigger festivals, especially if there's an international artist playing, they'll ask us to submit the set list, but uh, that hasn't started much. (laughs) So I guess if they wanted to, they could. (laughs) So
0: you've stood in the live performance space doing festivals as well as now in the recorded music space. Mm-hmm. what have you seen then happening in the live music space in your world, and the work you've done in the past 15 years?
1: Sorry. When have I seen uh, the, the live the, music changing? The, Cause you've then been part the of
0: music. one of the largest festivals there. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I, it's evolved so much. Like I was part of East Wind, which was the first multi-stage in the, in the indie music festival that happened in India. And the, the person who was organizing it was totally snowed in. His sponsor pulled out the last minute and he went bankrupt. And I remember two days before the festival, every single one working in the industry was called. None of us got paid. None, we all just did it because we had to help each other out. You know, the very different vibe, you know, putting it together. And somehow we managed to pull it off, even though we were no, different competing companies, but everybody was calling everyone like, we need help. We need to run the stage. We need to figure this out, you know. Uh, but it's opened the doors to a lot more. And there was a time, I'm going to say about seven, eight years ago, when live music was, I would say, at the peak. Like, I used to manage bands and a venue outside, in, outside, say, Delhi, if you were going from Delhi to Mumbai or wherever, they would pay a proper fee, like a really good fee for a decent-sized indie band. They would pay for travel, they would pay for stay, they would pay for food, backline, the works. Now you'll be lucky. I know COVID has been a damper, but even pre-COVID, and you know what's changed is electronic artists and DJs are doing better. Singer-songwriters are still getting shows, but bands aren't getting club shows as much because the trend in music has changed. So I've seen it go from bands having no place to perform to having large big festivals to having crazy amounts of you know support from venues to be like, okay, I'll book like a singer-songwriter or a DJ because it's cheaper, you know, or <laughs> a DJ will make you dance and hence you'll sell more alcohol, you know. So, so, so has yeah. the business itself, though, gotten larger or more spread out or more festivals or...? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot more festivals, but the thing with India is that except for a few bigger ones, festivals come, festivals go. You know, the ones that last more than two, three years are the ones we would actually count as substantial because you know, you'll see, you know, I've done, I worked on various one-time festivals, (laughs) like, you know, because it just happens once and they don't have the funds to do it again. So, but as a whole, the industry is definitely growing. You know, there are more players coming in, the bigger international players coming in. There's more opportunity for people to consider a career in music in different avenues, you know? So that's definitely growing and changing. And it's been a huge difference since when I started to now, like, you know, now people can actually be like, okay, I want to work in music and the Indian parents are not going to be like, really? <laughs> they might be a little really, but not too, too bad. Like, it's still not considered, you know, <laughs> a good enough career, but still. <laughs> so how did you decide to teach? So it was, it was like a very simple, steady progress. I, um, I used to get asked the same questions from artists over and over again. So I started writing down the topics that should be addressed because there was no book on Indian music. Like how things work in India is very different than how it works abroad. And there are books on the US system, the UK system, but there's nothing about the Indian way. So I just started, I don't know how it happened. I'm not a writer, but I ended up writing a book on basics of music business called Indie 101. And it was like, okay, this is how stuff happens abroad. And this is how things happen in India. You know, so it was one of those kind of guidebooks. So I took the book out and I took it out of my company's 10-year anniversary. Uh, and then, so that was the first thing I started. So that was, a, that was like one step into education. And I gave out quite a lot of free copies to so all the artists I worked with. And then I started selling it and, you know, that started doing okay. And then two years later, I realized people don't like to read. <laughs> like, so then I was like, maybe we should, I should do like, you know, I thought, then I started okay, maybe I'll do some workshops, and then that workshop, like maybe we should do a course. So then I started talking to a university, and it just kind of, I was like, I want to do this course, but I need the freedom to do it the way I want to do it. So yeah, it just kind of evolved that way. I, it, my, I think my courses are really, I, I mean, I've warned the school. I'm like, I'm not a regular professor. There will be a lot of, you know, inappropriate things mentioned <laughs> like in class. <laughs> But I just teach from my experience, like whatever I know, you know. So I think we have,
0: I've lost count of the things you do, right? So you <laughs> teach, you're an author, you run your own company, you have done wellness stuff now, but embedded in your company work. And then now you are working for a U.S.-based large company that has many companies underneath of it. Yeah. How many... How many things, is, is that all of it or there's other things that you're now doing?
1: Oh, I'm a doggy mom and my dog's kind of sick. So I've spent a lot of time with him as well. So I basically have no life, pretty much. <laughs> this is all I do. How do you decide it.
0: what to add on and how do you decide if you should say no to things?
1: Honestly, so I stopped management after 10 years and it was the hardest decision I made, but it was just... I just, it just stopped making me happy. Like I still, people still call me up for advice and I still give them free advice, you know, but it just stopped bringing me joy. And I feel like for me, it's always been about vibes, which is why the energy healing work, I just didn't know I was already doing it. So for me, it's very simple. I've always believed you got to do what you love and money will follow. Like you shouldn't be like, oh, I've never done something because, oh, it's going to be a great business move if I personally am not going to enjoy it, you know? And I've been touched with lucky to be able to do things I like. So it's like if, you know, if I get a good vibe from the person, if I feel I would have a good time doing something, like I still love live. like any opportunity to work on a large scale festival, I'll do it for free because I just love it. It's my favorite thing to do, you know, but it's just, it's just, I like go with what makes me happy. That's it. <laughs>
0: so I'm going to swing back to downtown music. So downtown music then is connecting with what you're doing. They're connecting Indian artists with their services and relationships.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, so basically, Indian artists would be would be able to use, say, a CD Baby or a Song Trust, and then we have a Fuga, which is for labels for their distribution. We have Downtown Music Services, which is for more high end artists or for their pub for for companies with a large publishing catalog. So basically, depending on who the client is or who I'm talking to, say, you come to me, I basically understand your needs. And then I sort of help you with all our portfolio of companies be like, okay, what you need is, say, a CD baby with a song trust and you can use a found for your marketing, you know, so sort of give you different solutions for your whatever you need, you know. Or kind of a deconstructed international label. In very a way, we do, every, we do everything. We do everything. We have a distribution. We have a marketing uh, company. We've got publishing. You know, we've got everything. It allows you to be then a,
0: an international connector, which you already yeah. were, but on a more formalized
1: basis. Exactly. And what I love, which is my favorite part, is that a lot most of our companies, whether it's CD Baby or Song Trust, they're very pro-education and i think that is the most important thing that we need in india is for artists and companies and even managers to understand how the business works because people still don't get it so i was up till now doing lots of workshops and and then i started doing workshops under cd baby and now i get to do workshops under song trust and teach artists publishing because nobody understands publishing in india so it's you know for me i get to do what i love you know while pushing the brands <laughs> so um Dreams you haven't fulfilled yet? Well, um, I just this week signed the lease to and bought myself a house in Goa. So one thing off the bucket list. I bought it for my dog. I keep selling my dog, "I'm like, look, I bought you a house." But I guess work-wise, I am Touchwood very content. I don't know what else. I don't know what else is left to do except excel at what I'm doing right now. But I uh, maybe write another book at some point. I don't know. Maybe do a, like a memoirs, of, and I'd release it the day I die, so I can like bitch about everyone <laughs> or something. But uh, I don't know. I think maybe now my dreams, besides work, is more on like the family front. You know, like I'm alone. It'll be nice to not be alone. <laughs> you know, getting old. But yeah, I think work wise, I'm I'm pretty content. <laughs> and you've had lots of great adventures
0: pulling together different threads. And been able to really yeah. pull it, which is really
1: a, a wonderful, a wonderful portfolio yeah. of adventures. I mean, I, I, what I love is that it gives me like, I get, you know, I get bored easily in the sense of, I don't want to do the same thing for the rest of my life. And I feel like with if growing my company, you know, with a studio, with a festival, with the you know, education, and then with, it being just CD baby to now all the downtown companies, I get to learn new things and I get to, you know, cause then it keeps me excited, right? Okay. What is this? Like sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, I can't understand that. But then like a month, I'm like, Oh, I understand it now. I know how to do this now, you know? So it's just, it keeps me going as well because I don't want to like, I don't want to be stuck somewhere where I'm not growing, you know, as a person. And I feel like by pushing new companies and doing new things, I am learning and growing, you know, and that keeps me excited. So we've been talking for
0: a while now and we've covered a lot of adventures you've had. Is there anything we have not yet mentioned?
1: Um, I think we've pretty much done everything. I think so. (laughs) Well, I'm very glad to have connected with
0: you through amplify music as well. And we'll put that in the show notes as to connecting some of these conversations to see what's happened during the pandemic. How would you like people to reach out to you? What, what do you need? And how would you like them to reach out?
1: Well, I mean, I think uh the best way someone could reach out to me would either be through my own personal company, which is called Music Gets Me High. The website is mgmh.net. Uh or I have an Instagram. <laughs> People can send me a message and say hi. <laughs> and we'll know? put both of those in the show notes. Ritnika, it was great having you
0: on the show and glad we could make the time zones work. I think we're 12 yes. and a half hours apart and I never understand the half hour part, but it's been That's great having you on the show.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And the half hour thing is just how India works. We like to be tough and difficult and a little different. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Listening to Creative Innovators, we are expanding our footprint. So, we invite you to go to creativeinnovatorspodcast.com and find us on Substack, where we are creating a new matrix of our past shows that you can find them more easily and find them along with the career adventure guide content, where you can take your own career and use some of the tools in the setup to both be inspired by past episodes of Creative Innovators, as well as become a bigger and better creative innovator yourself. We're also launching in a couple of other platforms this year, so stay tuned and join our lists and, and find out where else you can find and combine with Creative Innovators in 2024.